0: welcome everyone to a new episode of the tap i am your host author andrew hess and today we are covering death before dishonor the roh pay-per-view that happened this past weekend um some shocking turn of events along with an even bigger shocker of a new story coming out of the show uh so we're gonna jump straight into it as we go um First, we're going to cover the uh, ROH Zero Hour, which is the pre-show. Uh, Colt Cabana gets the win over Anthony Henry from the Working, uh, the working Horseman. The Trustbusters get the win over the Shinobi Shadow Squad. You had the return of Prince Nana, who announces that he has purchased Tully Blanchard Enterprises, which means now... It looks like now Tully Blanchard's on the outs again, and his stable is now going to be managed by Prince Nana, which was very interesting and shocking to begin with. And that was not the shocking news that came out of the the whole pay-per-view. Um, now they're called the Embassy, which used to be called Tully Blanchard Enterprises. Get the win over Tony Deppen, Blake Christian and Alex Zane. Finally, you have Willow Nightingale getting the win over Allison Kay In the main event of ROH Zero Hour. Willow Nightingale is somebody that they keep on featuring a lot when it comes to ROH and AEW. I will not be surprised to see if she gets signed soon. And again, she's another one that's from the NYWC. Um, she is another NYWC alumni and it would be great to go ahead and see her in there kicking off the actual main card was the ROH World Championship match yes you heard that right the World Championship was being defended on the first match of the card Jonathan Gresham the current champion, defended against Claudio Castagnoli and again, for those who are not familiar, Claudio is, was was known as Cesaro in the WWE. This was a hell of a match but they were not given a whole lot of time also for this. Um, Claudio Castagnoli of course being the true professional that he is uh, put on Uh, another great match. Uh, The storyline going into this is that Claudio has never won the world championship going into uh, at any promotion, including ROH in the past. His dream has finally come true. He is now the ROH world heavyweight champion with, which was a huge celebration for him. Now I'm not going to go and give you wait until the end of the show to hear the the little bits of what's going on. The big story that came out of this pay-per-view was Jonathan Gresham because earlier in that day, he met with Tony Khan and apparently he had a lot to say to good old TK and basically said that there's no communication between AEW and ROH they're just told things of what they need to show up and just do. He had no time for the actual match. He apparently was reportedly cursing out Tony Khan and asked for his release. So he dropped the world title. He has asked for his release from the company. Right now, it doesn't show any signs of... Him joining another organization after this, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and even Jonathan Gresham came out without his usual octopus mask. Um, and in his mind, he wound up saying that it was because he wanted to—he wanted to see things clearly. He was seeing things clearly for the first time in a long time, and he wanted to go out for what could potentially be his last match with clear vision. Well, I don't really know what's going on necessarily in the AEW ROH world. I don't know how much of this is true, but apparently there have been other reports of this happening and with other ROH talent being unhappy in the past. Um, So I, I think at this point, I think Tony Khan took on a lot more than he could chew with both organizations. I mean, realistically, you got four shows on AEW and then you're throwing together random pay-per-views for ROH. I think what would probably be the best is for Tony Khan to bring in some help to go ahead and navigate the ROH aspect of this. Um, I honestly want to see ROH succeed under the AEW banner. I really do. I've always been a fan of ROH since I since I found uh, found out about it. I really did not become well known into the world of ROH until the early 2010s. <clears throat> Actually I probably say almost mid 2010s. Um and I really want I know that they have such an amazing history and I want to see that continue. So I'm hoping that Tony Khan can go ahead and get this on the right track with ROH. I know that he keeps putting people on TV, on AEW TV, but they need their own weekly program. Now, whether or not you want to make that an internet show or you want to make it get it actual TV time is one thing. But I feel like Tony Khan needs to release the reins of ROH to somebody else. Still own it. Still be able to have that little creative control, but have somebody else running it. I mean, hell, I'm open for it. <laughs> Just a shot in the dark, but I you know, know that it'll never happen. But hey, shot in the dark. I'm open, I'm available for it if you really want. Because I I think, honestly, ROH is, they have such a great history. I mean, they've produced some of the best wrestlers in the industry today. AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian. I mean, even though Kazarian and, uh, and AJ were also part of Impact Wrestling, they were part of once part of ROH. Amazing Red was there. Mike Bennett, Matt Taven. Young Bucks, because honestly, the Young Bucks were not really. They they didn't get over too well in Impact Wrestling when they were there. So many people came from ROH. CM Punk. Brian Danielson. Claudio Castagnoli, Samoa Joe, Kevin Steen, a.k.a. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, who was El Generico. I mean, I can continue this list. You had so many great talent come out of ROH. Don't let this get screwed up. Going back to the main card. Dalton Castle and the Boys defeat the Righteous to become the new ROH six-man tag team champions. Really didn't care about that one as much. Uh, Wheeler Yuta gets the win and successfully defends the Pure Championship against Daniel Garcia, which I thought was a really great match. Um, afterwards, Wheeler Yuta goes to offer the handshake, which is the Code of Honor, and Daniel Garcia just flips him off. I know that Daniel Garcia will also be taking on Brian Danielson this week, I believe, on Dynamite. Um, Roosh took on his brother, Dragon Lee. Uh, Roosh gets the win and has actually earned himself an AEW interim world title shot. I believe that's also coming up on Dynamite this week. Um, but Roosh and, and Dragon Lee really stole the show. Um, for a one-on-one match, for pretty much everything other than the main event, this was the match to say, um, including the fact that you had Dragon Lee do a suicide dive through the ropes, hit into Roosh, and break a table. I mean, it was just insane. Uh, Mercedes Martinez successfully defends the ROH Women's Championship over Serena Deeb. Um, Samoa Joe successfully defends the ROH TV Championship against Jay Lethal, which was another amazing match. Um, and then you had, then you had, then you had the big one: the two out of three falls tag team title match between the Briscoes and FTR uh Brisco's get the win on the first fall hitting the doomsday device on uh, on the team uh to get the the first one you had FTR capturing the second fall and then you had about uh, it was like what was it about 30 minutes left in the match um you had Dax harwood uh put who was that? Um, I think that was Mark Briscoe side suplexing him off the top rope to the outside through a table. I mean that was inc- insane. You had Dax Harwood hitting the uh, a, an avalanche pile driver from the the middle rope. Uh, this was just an incredible sight to see. It was a great tag team action. Best match of the night. FTR gets the win retain the tag team championships and out on the stage comes William Regal with Wheeler, Yuta and Claudio Castagnoli who are holding up the ROH world championship and the ROH pure championship. And we may end up getting a tag team match out of this against FTR. Who knows? Um, I don't know what's going on, but it's just so much craziness that's going on in the world of ROH. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes up next, and hopefully Tony Khan can go and get some of this um, fixed. I'm actually just double-checking a few more things really quick because I know that there's been a lot of... Uh, stuff that's going on. Uh, also in the world of AEW. Uh, we're still trying to get a timeline back on when CM Punk will be due. Uh, it looks like when CM Punk was out injured, he had shattered his foot. And he's actually had to relearn how to walk completely. Um, so we don't know when he's going to... Uh, to go on with uh in in the company and be back able to wrestle. Tony Khan said that he was hopeful, hopeful that CM Punk would be back by all out, which is in September. But I don't even know if he'll be back by then. Um And just quick other news, just because I don't want to go ahead and have to do another episode just for a few quick things. Um, It looks like Triple H, a.k.a. Paul Levesque, will take on all the responsibilities related to WWE's creative control. Um, So he's going to be taking over creative. Uh, So much that's going on with with the wrestling world. Uh, I, I think that's going to be it for today's episode. We got so much that's coming down and I want to see what where we're going from here because honestly between AEW and ROH's rocky relationship and WWE with Vince McMahon retiring and Triple H and Stephanie basically taking over things, the whole wrestling world is just completely chaotic right now. So, and this could be for the best, but we're going to have to find out. Hopefully we're going to start finding out tonight on Raw how things are going to go. But from what I'm being told, they don't want anything major happening just yet because of, you know, in WWE anyway, because they don't want to rock the boat with any investors and stockholders and the board. So we're going to continue to see where things go from here. Until next time, I am author Andrew Hess, and this has been The Tap.